Welcome to another episode of Geeks in the Machine, Iron Fist Season 2 Edition. I'm Adelaide with Jasmine, here with Jasmine, here to discuss the second episode, her second season of Iron Fist. Uh, the season was marginally better than the last season for me, although it had the worst pacing I've ever endured, and I spent the first half of the season staring at my phone. Um, I know you had, I think you felt something similar. Did you want to add to that? Um, as far as pacing go, I think we all know that not, Netflix is not good with their pace. They kind of slowed the season down instead of adding in more plot developments. Because at some point, and I even read to Adelaide, like, my text messages as I was, like, going through the show, and I literally said, I am in hell, kill me now. So, at that point, I think we all understand. For me, it was just, it was so bad. And my boyfriend was watching it with me. He got through two episodes before he was like, hey, do you want to play some Overwatch? And I'm like, I can't. And he, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to go play. And he, he just couldn't watch it. And he came in later and said, um, so how's it going? And I said, it is so dull. And then sometime around episode six, I was like, okay, it is no longer tooth-pullingly dull. But it le- but it's still like it took six episodes to get to that point, and I on and on that note, one of the worst things for me, uh, one of the worst examples of pacing was um, Danny's recovery, and I know I'm I'm jumping in across things, but it's still related to pacing. Um, was Danny's it's recovery completely up to you, Italy? Well, no, I just mean in general. I'm all over the place, but <laughs> you know his his recovery from his injury to his knee. That was so weirdly paced. How how many months passed? How many weeks? It felt like two minutes. It was like two minutes. Like it, it t- they didn't take long. Like Davos had if that was two months, Davos would have cleaned up the city, but he didn't. Like if anything, he should have hurt his knee in the beginning of the season, and then by the end, he'd be walking around normally. See, that would have saved the pacing issue because then we could justify how freaking long the first half of the season took. Mm-hmm. So definitely, in the first episode, he should have like, was like, oh no, it was Davos, blah blah blah. Like, my knee is the, broken. They... I can't do anything, and then we have the whole thing going through. Hmm. 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 Um. Did you feel it was as poorly paced as the first season, and how did it compare to the first season for you? Because I don't remember the first season at all. So the first season, it was a lot that messed up until the first season. If we're being honest. One was people's expectations. Netflix has a good reputation for having semi-decent shows. Um, we have Iron Jessica Fist Jones. We have um, Luke Cage. We have The Punisher. We have several shows that have decent pacing, good action, and you can, even if it's slow, it's forgiven because of character development. For example, Jessica Jones season two. Agreed. That one is very slowly paced, but it it works with how it does it. It you know it justifies it with well Jessica's you know she's learning about this and we have other characters and we don't need to cover Jessica Jones necessarily, but you know. Mhm. But my like my point is that Luke Cage. I mean not Luke Cage. Iron Fist. You feel every second of it. You. It is torture. This should be a new form of torture. Just sit here and watch every second of Iron Fist. Both was, episodes. Yeah. Like, watch his horror, I mean, both seasons. 
watch his horrible um action scenes, which I appreciated that they focused more on Colleen's action scenes this time around than his because his were questionable at best in the first season. I think they have gotten better in the second season, but I feel they did too. I felt um I enjoyed Colleen's action scenes, or at least I tolerated them better than Danny's. And I think I mentioned that like I I was on my phone at least the first half of this season and the action sequences were no exception the entire time. I was looking at my phone, I was on Amazon, I was on Facebook, I was on Twitter, I was doing whatever I could to entertain myself, which is not something you want while watching this series. Well, the question also is, was this season better because the first season was so bad? (laughs) And for me, I would have to say yes. The first season was awful, and I was just like, you know what? It can't get any worse. And when I came in, I was like, oh... It's if the bar is a one, it was probably a one and a half. Wow, it couldn't even make it to the next number. <laughs> like, wow. and I only give it a one and a half simply because of Walker. Like, Walker if good. if we were basing this season solely on the introduction of Walker, I would give this season a ten. I wanted to see more of Walker. I wanted to engage with Walker more, and I was saddened that we didn't get to. Um, on that note, uh, let's let's just go into Walker instead. I was going to talk about Danny, but who cares about Danny? He's boring this season. So Walker, um, she is. Let me scroll down in my notes to find her. Um, so yes, yeah, so Walker is definitely the most interesting character in this series, especially because we meet. She she suffers from dissociative identity disorder, and we meet her alter first. We meet Mary, who is this Luna Lovegood esque artist. Uh, wandering the city and just comes up to Danny and is like, hi, I don't know where I'm going. And he gives her directions. And like, from then on out, we keep seeing her occasionally. And as we move on, it becomes apparent that there's something else going on. We see her seeing sticky notes left to her that startle her. We see, um, we see her progress and we see that there's very clearly something she's not telling us. Every time her heart rate gets elevated, she runs and turns water on and hangs out by the water um, and eventually it's revealed that her core personality, Walker, um, was a special ops agent and she, uh, and she is following Danny at Joy and Davos and Davos's, um, employment. So what did you, what did you think of Walker since you mentioned <laughs> that you love her? Okay. So initially with the new girl, I was like, yay, we have a different love interest because Colleen's the worst. Then I realized that Danny was like, no, I'm going to be faithful to Colleen. I love Colleen, even though I have never met another woman before, nor have I ever engaged with another woman. This is my first relationship, and as an adult, you probably should have more than one relationship. But, hey, who am I to say that as a developed adult? Um, what are your thoughts, Adelaide? Um, on the relationship. I mean, I did think she was going to lead into another relationship and I was worried it was going to go down like a, like a cheating route. And I'm really glad it didn't because while I don't care for Colleen, she's pretty bland to me. I didn't want uh, a white boy savior boy to go and end up with redheaded white girl 
over Colleen. And I was going to be like, no, this is <laughs> this is not what you do, writers. So I'm really glad it didn't turn out that way. Why do writers do that a lot? Natalie? I know that's the problem. <laughs> I, but the problem with this is I, I don't like Colleen. So anyone is better to me than Colleen. I didn't even get it from that perspective. Like, I was like, oh, she's a cute girl. Like, maybe they'll go along and live their life and he'll accept his... First of all, um, um, let's talk about the fact that Danny is working as a mover. And yeah, no one... What the hell is that about? No one knows who he is. He was splashed all over the newspaper and the media just not that long ago. And they fully believe that it's it's normal for him to be walking around and just moving boxes. That's it. Like, no one's gonna take his picture. No one's... Like, who was, like, the person who suggested this idea, approved the idea, and the script reader who was like, yep, seems logical. And, like, I don't know. There were so many issues I had with Danny because, first of all, he's Danny Rand. He's got 51% of this company. We know he's loaded. Why would you pick a mover of all things? Like, why? I mean, he said he wanted to work with his own hands, but... There are other things you can do besides work with your own hands. Like, I understand uh, Colleen goes through and she's doing, um, she's in the community center because she wants to work with people. And it's volunteer, yeah, but that's okay because her boyfriend's loaded and he can just pay for everything. It doesn't matter. And, um, but Danny, though, is like, yeah, let's let's go move boxes. That makes sense. Mm. But, uh, again, no one cares because he's a billionaire and he can pretend like this is very bad on so many levels because he's a billionaire basically slumming it with poor people and like as someone who is looking from the outside in if i was his friend i would be livid like to me has this weird um i'm white so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say it uh he's got this weird like white victim complex where he's like I want to be part of this this impoverished community or these impoverished groups and and it's it's my job to save them but I'm also part of them and it's like no it's not your job to save them it's great if you help but you're also you know stop getting on your high horse like you like you can do this you're not better than them knock it off well did you see um the exchange between he and Luke Cage in the defenders probably but I'll be damned if I um, remember it because Luke Cage basically was like, you were born into privilege. Like, and even without the money, you are born into a place where you have more authority than other people. You shouldn't be going around beating up the small children. You can go into rooms that these children can't. So why are you out here on the street fighting when you have a multi-billion dollar company that you can use as a force behind you? Yeah. Someone needs to talk some sense to him. And this happened before this season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, So it was really weird also. So he doesn't it, learn anything then? It was really weird to me because like, he's right. Like, he, ha- he was supposed to have learned that lesson in The Defenders. That he has this company behind him so that he can take the fight to the bigger heads. Why are you still on the street fighting the small fries? You don't yeah. have to take the same route. He shouldn't be doing that at all. And I'm just, I'm so frustrated with this whole series with um, Danny being this, and for me, it's, he's that he's a white savior and it's, it's the white savior complex and it's really annoying. It doesn't need to be there. It does. He doesn't need to be the one white guy that was touched by fire and fell from the heavens. And thus, obviously he deserves the iron fist more than the one who grew up in it and was trained for it. It's just, 
I hated that so much. They still uh, the one here. <laughs> well, the problem... I, no, you're not the only one. But the problem that I had was if the father hadn't given him the, like, touched by heaven, fallen from heaven, whatever, I would have been completely fine with that dynamic. Because he's an adopted son. And... Like, he doesn't get the same love from the mother, so the father overindulges him to try to make up for the mother's lack of love. That so I if, agree with, because, you know, that's a very psychologically normal thing to do. You see somebody that you're in the relationship with, and you love this kid, who you can view as your own kid. I'm totally, you know, adoption is fantastic, you're part of the family. Except in crazy mom's perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's totally normal for the father to be like, Yes, uh, it's totally normal for him to overindulge the son as a result and to and to become the softer parent in mm-hmm. comparison, which only furthers the mother to then be harsher against him. And it's just that dynamic continues and it's a, it's a horrible like feedback loop of just, you know, one side continues to be softer and nicer and, and start to favor that son more because mm-hmm. they view the, the other parent as being harsher and crueler to them and they're trying to they're trying to compensate. So as long as the father didn't give him the label of touched from heaven, golden haired child, that the whole dynamic would have been fine. But the fact that they kept emphasizing he was sent from heaven, touched by gold, that's what really I, I think you were picking up on. Yeah, that really bothered me. And I tolerated it up until that point. And that's when I was like, no, you are wrong to be doing this. This is not how this works. Um, and can we talk about Chinatown for a second? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, let's do that. Because, um, we were talking a little bit about, it's weird that Chinatown actually only was Asian people. Um, because every Chinatown I've ever been to, which I've been to quite a few, and it's never just the Asian people. Especially just even walking down the street, the only people who you saw were either Asian or white? I don't think I've seen anyone else walking down the street. Did you, Adelaide? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, occasionally you'd see Davos, who's Indian, but other than that, nothing else. Also, let's talk about the fact that it's only Asian or white people in this community. Like, what kind of community is this? Yeah, what's up with that? Where, like, this is New York, right? Am I yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is New York. That's not the... That's not the racial diversity in, in New York. Black people all. aren't just in Harlem, folks. Like <laughs> That and, like, I think the only black person we see is Misty Knight, right? Uh, uh, that I recall, yes. Yeah, she's and the I, only one we see. So th- I thought that was really interesting. That was the whole friend thing. Yeah, just, I don't know. They're trying to do this. They're trying to take the racial, the the white savior complex and they're trying to they're trying to justify it by saying oh no Kunlun is it's not actually it's more diverse but so we have to have him white because he has to be an outsider and I, I looked into this and this was something they were talking about for the previous season and I felt like they didn't make it any better than they did in this in from that from the first issues that came that arose from the first season they never really they didn't attempt to change it and they don't show like on the note of Chinatown being entirely Asian, they don't show Kunlun being that diverse. You see a lot of, uh, especially in this season, you see a lot of um, those of like Indian descent, like um, Davos and Davos's mother. And I can't remember if his father was Indian as well, but I want to say he probably was because that's what they seem to be going for here. 
Yeah, I, I can't help you out. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> if you remember. Um, but I don't remember seeing anybody other than like a few Indians, like if you the, like those of Indian descent thrown around and you don't see I don't know, you just, you don't see anything else and you see some Asian, you see some of Asian descent thrown around in there too, but like you're not, when you claim it's more diverse, you're not showing it and that's what, that's the big problem. If you want to make him white so that he's an outsider, you have to show that there are other there are other nationalities in Kunlun. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's very hard to say that you are for inclusion and diversity if the only thing you're showing is the same. Also, let's talk about the paper cutter villains. Like, I I don't recall a villain that was white yet. And do you? In this one? In yeah. Iron Fist? Yes. Yeah, I don't think they've done any any white villains. Like, because I'm really thinking hard. Like, because in the first season, it was the one, the Asian woman, the old Asian woman. Yeah, it was the old Asian woman who was part of the hand and, like, the hand in general. Mm-hmm. And this season, it's Davos. I mean, I guess technically you can call Walker a villain, but... I was going to say maybe Joy a little bit, but she's not so much a villain as, like... A hurt child lashing out. I was going to say a bratty little princess, but that works too. <laughs> So on that note, let's talk about Joy. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, Joy and Davos actually together, um, since they are the main instigators of this. Uh, so Joy and Davos are teaming up to... I'm not even sure. And this is from me not paying attention for the first half of the season. What are they doing? They're trying to, like, get Hurt revenge Danny. on them? That's, okay. uh, that's, yeah, both of them hate Danny. Alright, for, for, no, for no real reason. Okay, hold on. Let me tell you Joy's motiva- character motivation. Go for and it. And I can tell you Davos' one as well. But Joy's motivation Davos, is fine, this. But... <laughs> she is mad at Danny because he ruined her life. He showed her the cracks that she didn't see before. And now she's mad that she can never go back. Her life wasn't what she thought it was, and ultimately he killed his killed her father, and she's mad that he ruined her life. All right, that's just it's so stupid. And the entire time she has so first half of the season she's going out and she's doing all of this, and she's hired Walker to like follow Danny and to work on capturing him, and then you've got uh. Once he's captured and the Iron Fist removed from him in some weird ritual way, she goes off and is like, I have made a terrible mistake. I've hurt Danny so much. I need to make up for this. And she goes off to, like, manipulate Davos and try to take the moral high ground. And she has this huge fight with, um, well, not really a fight. It's like this discussion with Ward. And you had a lot to say about that, so I'm actually going to pass it to you. Okay, oh, hold on. Let me, um, before you pass this over, let me mention the fact that Danny's father, I mean, her father tried to kill Danny and ultimately killed his mother and father. Yeah, so, exactly. She has if, no moral high ground here. If anyone should be a merciless killer, it would be Danny. Yeah, and I mean, that might make his character a little bit more interesting. But other than that, <laughs> but her fight with Ward was just the most because Ward is, as as she established, she's looking for a mother figure to replace the, their mother. And it's always been her. She's always taking care of him. She's always baby him. And now, like, she's like, oh, no, you lied to me. You didn't tell me that dad was alive. 
and blah, 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 blah. And then Ward goes into this whole big speech. And he's like, dad used to beat me, literally, at the time that I was, bru- like, he went to this whole battered woman seminar and gave her the footnotes. And she's like, oh, guess he didn't beat you hard enough because you never told me. I was pissed. I was just like, oh, you're supposed to care. Like, he just told you his father broke his arms, broke his legs, put him in the hospital several times. And you're just like, oh, that's not the dad I know. And one of the comparisons, or one of the things he said was, he claimed he had gotten in a car accident. Mm -hmm. He was beaten so bad, it looked like he got into a car accident. That is significant. And she's just like, well, you never actually did any of those things. So clearly it wasn't bad enough. And it's just like, wow, you have lost. If you had any sympathy before, you don't have it now. And Joy, I hated Joy this season. I hated every moment of her. And even, um, did you want to add to that? Because I'm going to jump right into Um, her getting pushed off the ledge. So, I mean, no, it's fine. All right, cool. Um, So she's... As she's trying to, I guess, atone for her stupidity sins she's got going on here, she um, she nearly dies to Davos, and is as he finds out about her betrayal, and he pushes her off the ledge, and she falls, and is, I'm not sure all the damage that goes on, but they were expecting her to be dead, and she's not, and um, I don't know, did you did you want her to live? Did you want her to die? Because at that point, I was well, like, you know, I don't really care. This was my problem, and it wasn't even about Joy. I don't care about Joy. My problem was that she sent her brother a message after she was horrible to him. A message that only he would figure out. So after she spent all this time saying, I don't want you in my life, I don't care about you, she then goes, here's a secret code to let you know that if I might die in this situation. So, and he goes running to her. He's like, I don't want my sister to die. I was just, I'm so done with them. Like, and at this point, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, he abandons, like, he learned some valuable information. I, I don't know if you want to discuss that right now. No, go ahead. Uh, he learns that the woman that he's been banging is pregnant. And he he learns this, and he has to choose... This is the actual choice that happens between his sister and the woman carrying his child. And he chooses to save his sister. And in that moment, and I was done because he can't actually help her. The only thing he can do is make a few phone calls to get people to help her. Which he could have done on the way to see his child. So the thing that got me about that scene was that I was so freaking lost and so freaking bored. I didn't even realize she had sent him a message. I didn't, I totally missed why he just like straight up ditched the flowers on the counter after paying for them. <laughs> and so this like fills in a huge blank for me. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're even stupider than I thought. <laughs> I swear, Netflix and its pacing, you just, you guys really need to work on this. Anyway, like, but... we had like a five minute scene of him picking up freaking flowers. <laughs> like, come on. And then he left them. He like they could have been delivered. He could have said deliver them. Yeah, he could have been like, I'm sorry. I no-, he, you know, just send the little send a little flower gram and be like, I'm sorry. I knocked you up. And like, then I fell off the wagon. <laughs> yeah. And then fell off the wagon and tried to get you to fall off the wagon, too, by the way. I'm very sorry. 
Well, no. Technically, he told her to have a Shirley Temple. Just stay in this environment where there are triggers. But have a Shirley Temple as I get drunker. What? <laughs> that is so bad. I was I was really mad about at Ward. You know, let's just straight up go into Ward's whole thing. So, yeah. He's going to, what, Narcotics Anonymous was that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he so was on Coke, I think. Yeah, I don't Well, he remember, was actually, man. he was going to all Anonymouses. He was going to Sex Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. He w- that wasn't a meeting that he didn't go to. And That's he told true, Danny he does, this. He does mention that he goes to all of them. All of the mm-hmm. Anonymouses. And he just, oh, I was so mad. Um, so he's going to Alcoholics Anonymous and various various Anonymous meetings. And he um, he is not only having sex with his sponsor, apparently unprotected sex with his sponsor, which you're not supposed to do. Um, you're not supposed to have sex in the first year of treatment. Yeah. Like, and they no, will make on the sponsor side, On the sponsor side, you really shouldn't be doing this. Like, this feels kind of gross. This feels like you're taking advantage of this whole situation. It felt just... really gross to me. I'm actually glad you said that, because to me, I was like, this is this is not okay. I, I'm not okay with this. Like... Whatever else they use sex for, it doesn't bother me in this series as much as that one instance did. And I'm like, this is this is not okay because you're taking mm-hmm. advantage of him. He's he's looking for any sort of fix at this point, and you're clearly taking advantage of that. And he is literally your student. Like at this point, you are trying to teach him to be a better person. It doesn't matter how old he is. You are trying to teach him how to be a better person and how to engage with his life without um narcotics. Isn't she supposed to be a trained psychiatrist? Isn't Something this- like that, yeah. At least at the very least she has some sense. Like I I'm not sure how the sponsorship works. I understand that they have some psychological training, but they're not like a full counselor level necessarily, are they? I honestly do not know cuz I if cuz if she's leading the meeting, she's supposed to be trained in addiction therapy. Yeah, see that's what I understood too. She's supposed to be trained in addiction therapy if she's if she's leading them. And I thought she was the counselor at first, and then when she said she was the sponsor, I was like, Okay, now I'm confused. But I guess I assume you can I, be both a former addict and the and a counselor in addiction therapy. I feel like that was just their way of making this okay, or trying to make it okay that he's banging her. But if anything, that made it even worse. Yeah, I agree. Because it then it becomes she's not only in this position of power over him, but she's also in some way seeking that fix that she had originally. And I, she goes on this moral high ground saying, you know, I can't take care of... Jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, Ward, you know, she, he goes to confront her at the end and she says, uh, I'm, not, I'm not interested in taking care of both you, myself, and baby. Uh, I don't want you involved. And I feel like, you know, you're the one... <laughs> takes two honey you're the one that came in and started and is taking advantage of him knowing that he needs this some sort of addiction here and you've provided this addiction and in some way you're taking you're also addicted to this because you're looking for something and to now take this moral high ground really pissed me off um also let's have a conversation about the fact that she's now trying to actively exclude her child from their father's life and the fact that because as me if I was in Ward's position, I would have snatched that baby as soon as it came out. Just to be spiteful. Well, that, at like, that point. That and, okay. We're probably going to get into some weird areas about, like, rights and stuff. So let's just, like, preemptively avoid that. And um, I just, I feel like, you know, Ward, that could have been a real turning point for him. And instead, she said, no, go away. 
you have no rights to this baby because I can't take care of any. I can't take care of you myself and this baby. And I don't. Well, want maybe you she should have thought about that before she was having sex with him without condoms. Yeah, maybe you should be getting condoms if you're that addicted. And or birth control, like just a shot once a month. You get a shot and you're done. An IUD. I know they're kind of expensive sometimes, but you know, maybe you know they last for years. Do a pill. One. They're they're handing them out like candy to children now. Like there's so many, there's no, I, I, don't, I never understand why in these TV shows, no one is ever having safe sex. I want to know why, like if they had said, like explicitly stated my birth control failed, I would have been like, okay, thank mm-hmm. you. Like, you know, Rachel and Ross and friends, they mentioned the condom broke or something like that, or that there was some sort of error there. But when it's an accidental pregnancy and you're having unprotected sex, it's, very it's it's just like wow what were you expecting a plasma television (laughs) okay i might consider having kids that was the result (laughs) but also side note as a basic like this is my thing okay and i'm not trying to sound like a gold digger but he is weak and vulnerable you are very much poor like let's be honest and he's freaking loaded and at the very least, you would live a comfortable life with your baby. Your baby would go to the best schools. Your baby would be taken care of. So from a simple maternal point of view, I don't know why she didn't take him up on that offer. I don't know either. And I really feel like if he wanted to be like an absolute jerk, he could probably use his connections to get that kid. He honestly, uh, like if we're really being honest, the simple fact that he has more money than her, more power than her, more connections and reach than her. All he would have to do is take that to a basic judge. Yeah. A he very would, he basic would be able judge. To say, and if he pointed out her history of addiction, he could probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, I have a family structure. I have these connections. I like, have it a house. I could provide a comfortable life. It would not be, from, you know, exactly. Debt and... It would not be very hard for him to take that baby, which is also why I don't understand. Like, it logically does not make sense. I actually, I kind of want to give Ward a little bit of credit for respecting her boundaries and just saying no. And and when she said Mm-mm. to back off, he, I kind of want to give him credit for that. But at the same time, you know, you've got another, you've got a kid to think about. Right. It's his baby too. And that's another thing. These shows often exclude the man from the process. And if I get pregnant, the first thing that I would expect, would be expected to do is tell the guy and then we have a conversation together. Yeah, she's solely. Mutual, it should be a mutual discussion there. Exactly. And the fact that she completely blocked him out, whatever her reasoning, was wrong. I feel like she should be. I feel like she could could have framed it differently and could have been like, "You need to take care of yourself. I want you to be involved in this child's life, mm-hmm. but you need to step up. And until that point, I don't feel safe having you around him." If it had been that discussion, yes. I would have been okay with that. And mm-hmm. I would have been like, yes, that is how you take care of a kid. You don't say, I can't take care of both of you and myself. Go away. Because, you know, he was very clearly interested in becoming a parent. Exactly. And, and, and he, he, well, the problem, I do agree with her in the sense that the problem is that he's looking for salvation in this child. Yes, he is. And that's definitely a problem. So that's why I would have been like, you know, this baby's not going to be here for another nine months. Go take that time to work on yourself. And then, 
I'll keep you informed. We'll we'll talk. We don't necessarily need to jump each other every two minutes like we were, but uh, we'll talk. You'll improve. Take care of yourself. Prove to me that you can be a good father for this baby. Prove that, and then I'll let you talk. And then I'll let you into his life. Hmm. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? To uh, no. I mean, I think honestly, the, uh, they're like you kind of beating this over the head. <laughs> yeah, probably, but that's okay. Uh, all right, so this is how interesting Iron Fist was. <laughs> is, we totally. Oh yeah, we're talking about Iron Fist, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, speaking of, let's just skip over Danny because who cares about him? He was doing stupid. Oh, choices. there is something I want to talk about about Danny. Okay, never mind. Um, it's at the end, so like we could literally skip this whole season and cut right to the end when right the end. <laughs> when he does the thing with the bullets. Oh, all right. Well, I have. Uh, let's wait on that one because I wanted to at least like cover Danny and Colleen before we jump into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whatever, I don't care. I know, I have no structure for this one, but that's okay. It's fine. Uh, um, so, fine, we'll talk briefly about Danny. Um, so, yeah, forgettable, boring, white savior boy. Um, uh, I felt, personally, uh, after he lost the Iron Fist uh, to Davos, I personally felt that his best choice in the entire season was saying, I don't want this back. And that's the... That's the only thing that I thought, wow, you're actually growing as a person when he said that. And that's literally all I want to talk about is about Danny. So if you have more to say about him, go ahead. I mean, I agree with you. He was growing as a person. But it's also, uh, can we jump back to the dinner? Oh, yeah, the really boring dinner? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I want to mention the dinner simply because Danny, in the initial season, was like, oh, everyone can just get along after these massive betrayals. Like, huh. and it was just really weird to me that Colleen was also like, yep, everyone can get along after this. Just air your grievances and everything. No! Why is no one suggesting therapy? You have enough money between all of you to go to therapy and counseling and have conversations. They have enough money between all of them to have, like, 30 therapists living in their house on a constant daily basis. Like, there is no excuse at this point for them to be acting like this. Like, this season, and I think I mentioned it to you, was basically parental issues and sibling dynamics. That's the all this season was. The subtitle of this episode and our Supernatural <laughs> one should just be Two Only Children Discuss the Dysfunctional Sibling Relationships <laughs> as if they're experts. Uh. It's just ridiculous. And then you also have to throw into the mix that Danny is an adopted sibling, so there's always a little something there because the mother never loved him and the father overindulged him. It's just uh, exhausting. It's very exhausting, and they all need therapy. All of them. Every single one of them. Especially Davos, who, on that note, that's a great lead-in. Let's go with that. Um, so yeah, Davos has extreme mommy issues, which I know you want to talk about, so I'll pass that to oh, you in yes. a second. Because his mother was awful. Every oh, chance she terrible. got, she was like, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough until you're the Iron Fist. There's nothing better than the Iron Fist. This is the only reason that you'll be good enough. This is the only reason I gave birth to you. Like, no pressure, Mom. Thanks. And he does this. One of the things that got me, I really liked the scene where he um, where he goes to tell her that he's leaving to find Danny. And there's like a small moment of he's he's essentially asking her to say, I love you without saying that phrase. 
and he's he's begging for it. He's absolutely begging for it. He's saying, you know, I might die. I might not come back. I know you're in there listening. I know that, you know, some mothers can say this to their sons and some sons can say things to their mothers. Do you have anything you want to say before I leave? And she, like, gets up and I don't, I, I want to say she wants to say it, but I wasn't entirely sure. Well, yeah, she does want to say it. You can see it on her face and she's, like, trying to touch the door. But she is an awful person, period. Yeah, and... I hated her. I hated her. And even if she had said it, I don't think it would have made up for anything. I think to him it would have. But I don't think to the audience it would have. And he goes through... Go ahead. Well, I mean, and he, like I was about to say, he goes through a lot to try to be worthy of his mother's love. Which, that is a deep void. Like, the lack of love for 30 or 20 or whatever, however old he's supposed to be. I don't know how old Danny is, because it's not really clear. They say something about... I want to say he's like 21 or 22 or something. No, the first season, he was no, like that. not even. To he looks internet. old. Like, he, oh, he looks very looks. old. I'm just saying, that's what I think they were trying to go for. Like, Davos looks younger than him. Which is weird, because they're supposed to be the same age. Anyway, my point is... I'm legit Googling Danny's age at the moment, so if I pause, <laughs> that's why. My point is, it's weird to me that, one... He's 27. Date of okay. April first, nineteen ninety one. I'm fine with that. Okay. Twenty seven. Fine, I'll take that. But eh. yeah, like <laughs> I'll take twenty seven over twenty one. Like, pfft. and then based on this, what is it? Twenty. He'd be like twenty eight, so pushing thirty at this point. All right, whatever. I am <laughs> no. I don't like him being my age. Go away, Danny. Well, the problem is he's not emotionally developed. He's still developmentally a child. Developmentally, he's like seventeen. If no, I was no, not even seventeen, because like he's very much I want this because I want to fill the void of my missing parents. The last thing my mother said to me as she was getting sucked out the plane is "I love you," like and then I was a ado- first of all, that's sir. A, that's a good last like that's a good last phrase to have. Like exactly. I understand it's traumatic, but that's a good like. Davos didn't even hear that, so maybe count your blessings, boy. <laughs> Like, the simple fact that everything that... The reason that Davos' family is gone is because of you. And, like, everything that happened. Davos should have some rage. But I feel like it, sh- it should be tempered by the fact that this is his brother. And they're constantly calling each other brother. They grew up together. And even though, like, his mother... Which also... Can we have a conversation about the fact that his mother never hit Danny? Yeah, because what's up with that? That seems like that would be more of a mental issue than anything else. Because if anything, she should have been hitting Danny more than she was hitting her own son. Yeah. Okay, to play really, really mild devil's advocate, I guess she was trying to train her son to be a better Iron Fist, and that's why she was hitting him more? I don't know. Is that what she was going for? Yeah, I think that's what she was going for. But it's really weird to me. That you you would use the stick instead of the carrot. Like of course you completely ignored Danny, but Danny doesn't doesn't show any signs of being ignored. He doesn't show any issues with his development because of his parental figure ignoring him. And even though he still has the memories of his own mother, she was his surrogate mother. So you would think that there would be some issue with his development because of her reaction to him. 
So I think the problem I have around that is that they don't seem like siblings to me. And it might just be that, you know, I'm an only child. Yay, let's pretend to be an expert on sibling, sibling dynamics, as you and I are so wont to do. Um, it's just, to me, they just seem like close friends. And, you know, Danny sits there awkwardly when the when uh, his mother is, when Davos's mother is being so cruel. And it's just like, you know, that's, as a sibling, I, I, even as a friend, I would think you would say something. But as a sibling, I can see you getting beaten down further to not say anything I guess I don't know I just I feel like they didn't show siblings they showed close friends that's true they didn't establish that relationship enough um but I honestly think that's about it for this one so yeah well I was gonna alright let's move on to more about Davos um <laughs> you know steals the fist from Danny through some magical ritual that I don't know apparently you can transfer the powers of the iron fist that's a well, thing no cause Davos has two fists now Danny yeah, only had the one. I, first of all, when I was watching Danny in the initial opening scene, I was like, yeah, he should have more than one fist. This is stupid. So I was fine with Davos being smart enough to be like, yo, I'm going to split this power in half and have two fists. I thought it was also interesting that um, the color change. I liked the color change. That was a good, that was a good moment there that we had um, and a good character establishing thing. Um, uh, do I want to jump in to Colleen and say that and bring that in? Yeah, why not? Uh, so yeah, Colleen gets a fist, um, sort of. Because and everybody has one. She's Oprah giving just, away cars. I was gonna say, <laughs> at this point, everybody gets the fist. Um, that sounds so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's the tagline for this episode. Everybody gets the fist. Everybody gets it. <laughs> Also, I want to say as an Overwatch player, it's taking all of my personal strength to not say Doomfist. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> um, but Colleen ends up with it, and Colleen's fist is white. So we have Danny's that's yellow, and we have um, we have Davos's that's red, and we have Colleen's that's white. How did you feel about the like color dynamics? What did you feel it represented there? Well, I was assuming that it was about the chi or like their inner light or whatever. Like, whatever aura you were in touch with, like, <laughs> since they're very big on Asian symbolism. Yeah, I, I kind of felt along the same lines, like, it was supposed to be, um, like, their aura, or, like, the, their chi and the color of it, and the significance of red versus yellow versus white, and I don't know, maybe it's just my, it's my Western thinking associating white with purity and red with, with, um, with, like, villainous... Yeah, because it's really interesting that she ended up with white, because I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but white is the symbol for death in Asian countries. It is, and I was just about to say that. And <laughs> in um, and red is not as, it's not as violent in Asian countries as it is here. So it was mm -hmm. a very Western take for me for the colors. <laughs> Especially considering this is based on Asian lore. It like, is. they kept trying to shove Asian lore down your throat. And then it's like, yeah, these colors... They're spooky, right? I don't think this means what you think it means. Yeah, I don't think you understand the colors that you're going for here. And a simple Google search would have helped that. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia, It's there's no excuse at this point. I mean, we've got all of mankind's information at our fingertips, just floating in the air around us, and they made this mistake. And I don't know, there's just... Uh, I don't want to jump on the research that went into this series because there's already so much to, to harp on. I don't want to jump on that, too. Oh. 
Well, I was, all right, wasn't sure if you wanted to say anything or not, but mm-hmm. all right. Um, okay, if you have nothing to add to that, um, let's talk about Colleen, since we led into that a little bit. <sighs> all right, Colleen, I'll, I'll throw you this bone. Colleen seems to suffer from Sam Winchester syndrome. Maybe that's why you dislike her, because she wants out of this. Uh, of I want to be out of this life. I want to be out of this life, but I want to do something that benefits the world. Sam goes into being a lawyer, and Colleen goes into helping the community at the community center for free. But not really. Like, let's be very clear. Because she's like, oh, you kids in this uh, this building, I'm going to tell you one time to come see me and never come back and check on you, never bring you food, never engage with you again until you're doing a crime. That's not how social work works. No, it's not. And she doesn't she doesn't make the effort that she claims to be making. We see her once doing this, uh, like helping with paperwork, and then that's it. Or helping the and little then, girl with the coat. Like, oh, yeah, the little girl with the coat. All right, fine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's how she discovers the box that is some family connection, this very important family connection that she has that she has to look into because suddenly it's the same symbol that was on the hilt of her sword and do you remember that was that everything i don't but i didn't I, care enough about colin too so i i feel like i would have noticed that because i would have been like oh what a pretty little detail but they didn't i feel like they should have said something and also by the way that sword is japanese that's a katana <laughs> if her fa- if that's her family's sword she's japanese why <laughs> i don't understand why are they mixing so many asian lore here why not? Who's gonna check? <laughs> well, like, isn't that racist on its own right? To yes, say it very she's Chinese much is. And then to be like, oh, by the way, this is a Japanese sword that she's totally, that's totally been in her family for generations. Like, Like, wow. they're sprinkling everything. Here's a Tibetan lore that's completely related to your family. I hated that. I was so <laughs> mad. So mad. Like, I almost pity Colleen for this. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Colleen, um, Colleen spends the entire season obsessed with this box and the lore that goes on behind it. And apparently it was this, I honestly, I'm not, I can't summarize the, the little fairy tale that went with it very well, but it was the, the possessions, uh, the, the princess fell in love, fell in love with something, ended up taking over the pirate ship and, uh, the, the comb and hairbrush are parts of that ship and it's been passed down and, Turns out that happens to be um, part of Kunlun, and that's the that was the possessions of the very first woman that ever uh, defeated the dragon. And Danny knows this, uh, and didn't tell her immediately when he heard the to- when he heard the legend. He waited until the very last episode in a letter. How did you? As he left and abandoned her, like <laughs> I feel like we really need to emphasize that Danny is horrible. He is horrible in every way that you can say. I on did not that, like on that note of the abandonment thing. When did they break up in the episode in the season? I don't know. I was wondering that too because she she like said it. I was fast forwarding. I'll be honest. So I don't. I don't mind. I I had my nose on my phone. Like I was in my phone the entire freaking time. So between you jumping ahead and me watching my phone. <laughs> Like, oh, I really don't, things. like, she insinuated that they broke up, and I was not about to rewind to find the moment where they broke up. Um, She's like, things have to be different now that I have the fist. Why? They weren't different when he had the fist. I feel like the one time 
that it's even hinted is when she's training him to like recover. She says something like, I can't be like, I can't, I, from this moment on, I am not your girlfriend. I am your teacher now. And you have to think of me in that way. And I feel like that was supposed to be it, but that was the weakest breakup I've ever seen. Oh, sorry, you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a fitting response, so go for it. But yeah, like, that's all it was. It was a horrible breakup. It was a, like, when did they actually get together? I don't know. Like, was there a, like, cause they don't really date. They, like, he just kind of shows, he's like a puppy. He shows up at her house and refuses to leave. That's basically what happened. But puppies are cute and are not white saviors. And then she ended up having sex with him. So, it's a weird bestiality relationship. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> because, like, he shows up broken and poor and doesn't have any money to take care of himself. And she's like, fine, stay with me. Also, fun fact, who does that? Like, yeah, no, that's weird. Some random hobo shows up on the street and is like, hey, <laughs> I have no place to go. Can I stay with you? I yeah, could possibly sure. be a billionaire. Like... <laughs> And she's like, yeah, sure. Here, sleep in my bed. <laughs> like, um, don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> yeah, please don't. And also wear condoms, because apparently no one in the series does. Well, apparently Ford or Ward, or whatever his name is, is way more fertile than Danny, because Danny has been banging out Colleen's walls, and she's fine. Or she's on birth control. Well, I don't, she doesn't mention it, so we can't assume. At this point, I assume that most women are, but at least nope. some way or form, but... Nope, because the other woman got pregnant. <laughs> so now I'm assuming no one's on birth control and Danny has no sperm. See, this is why this is why we need more women, women writers in, this ser- <laughs> in any series, because, like, pregnancy only happens when it's plot convenient, and that's not how the world works. I honestly would have been fine with Colleen being pregnant. Like, <laughs> we're being honest. Actually, yeah, I would have been fine with her having the having the fist and being pregnant at the same time. That actually would have been fun. That would have been interesting. Like her trying to save the world <laughs> six With months pregnant. <laughs> so Colleen, uh, Colleen eventually, initially Colleen doesn't want the fist and she says, um, uh, she says she doesn't want the responsibility because she's trying to stay out of that life. Like Sam Winchester, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, the death of one of the teenage boys, BB, BB. eventually motivates her to accept the fist and the responsibility that goes along with it. Uh, how did you feel about that? Okay, so let's talk about BB's <laughs> friend first, okay? What BB's, friend? His friend who got stabbed because he's like, you know what, BB was right before I... He locked his best friend up in a closet. It was like, we'll deal with you when you come back. I legit like, didn't oh, even Miss- see that scene. I was so confused <laughs> when they mentioned, oh yeah, he got out. I'm like, what? <laughs> He, he was like, I don't think I want to go. I, I'm not feeling well. Blah, 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 blah. They lock him in the closet. And suddenly, oh, BB and Rhino, that's what his name was. BB got locked in the closet, and Rhino gets stabbed by another friend because he's like, We don't question Shifu. That is so creepy. That's such a creepy mentality. It's a cult mentality. Let's it call is. it what it is. Yeah, like, it's you, a cult mentality. Like, okay. You telling me that you can't ask any questions? What are we doing here? I can't say why are we doing this. I can't like no. You follow me unquestioningly. Um, I'm no good. No free sir. thought allowed, boys. 
Anyway, continue. Uh, no, I thought you were on a good one. Keep going. <laughs> um, but it really bothered me. And then he was stupid, and he was, and his friend called him and was like, "Yeah, man, you were right." Da 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 da. And the woman's like, "Yeah, he already has these people recruited. We need to be careful." And he's like, "No, they're my friends. I can talk to him. Let me give them my address, phone number, where I am currently, my position, the coordinates. Let me draw them a map of the layout of this building and everything." Like I'm telling you, he deserved death for that. I felt so bad that he died. Mm-hmm. Like he deserved that death. He deserved it. He had it coming because he was stupid the whole season. The whole season he was stupid, and it bothered me. And I, was... I agree with like he was so dumb the entire freaking time. He was like he he wanted to leave, but at the same time he didn't want to leave because being in a gang is cool, y'all. Don't don't ever take that out of context, kids. Please well, don't. no, and, he um, he they were oh. the only family he had. That was the issue. They were the only family he had. They were taking care of each other. They were hungry. They were starving. That's why they were living on the street. Also, but, side but note. food at the shelter, there were there were options that were not be violent and attempt to take over the tigers. They don't the take charge. They don't take charge. Uh, like, also, side note, it's not charity if you do work. Just yeah, for like, future reference. Like, you could just clean up some paperwork. What can I do to help you so that I feel like I earned my keep? I was going to say, he could just go, like, sweep the floors every now and then, and that would that would be earning it. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, they were at least 16. You're telling me they couldn't get a teen job somewhere? See, I thought they were older than 16. I swear. I thought they were, like, 19. And uh, I, I said like, at least. I don't know how old they actually were. But you're telling me that this city has no jobs? There's a ton of jobs. Like, at the very least, they, like... They could have been movers like Danny Rand. Yeah, <laughs> and working probably for the same fee. <laughs> Uh, and like, how uh, offended would you be if you were a mover and this was your life-dependent job and he comes along and takes your job? I was actually just about <laughs> to say that, that this rich boy who has all of the money in the world, he, he you know, wants for nothing. And he just, he, he wants this menial job because it's like, you know, it's like buying a pony for him. He gets a little hobby. And like, I was mad. That he had that job. I was mad that he did that and he took it from somebody else that needed it. Like one of those kids. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm sorry. But anyway, yeah, Danny sucks and he's the worst character ever. I'm finished. We love Danny, don't we? Just absolutely adore him. Uh, the main character. <laughs> he's fantastic. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about a fun character because otherwise we're just going to sit here and rip Danny apart and as fun as that is um so I guess the last one would be Detective Knight who for me is the most like other than other than Walker is the most interesting character in this season I guess mm. no no I hate Misty I've hated her in every rendition okay let me not right. say that I don't Go hate her because like that's too strong a word I dislike her immensely though <laughs> well, I think the question is, do you wish death upon her as you would with some of the other characters? No, uh, because ultimately, um, Colleen and Misty, which they're strongly hinting at this season, are going to do the Daughters of the Dragon series. They're like, they, they, it, it, it can't be hinted at anymore. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I have no idea what that is. So could you fill us in? <laughs> the Daughters of the Dragon series is basically two people as. Uh, Colleen and Missy Knight, and and they're like salt fighting crime, 
like they're trying really hard to do that and they're successful it was intended to be like a short thing and I think it was a few episodes long if I'm not mistaken but ultimately they're you can see that they're they're trying very hard to make you aware that these two will be a unit at some point fighting crime because Misty even asked Colleen at some point hey why don't you um go fight crime blah 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 blah, blah. you have the power blah 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 See, I saw that, and on some level, I like the the partnership that they have going there. Um, I I don't know. I enjoyed the scenes where they were together, and I felt like that their fight scenes, especially um, especially Colleen and especially Misty's um use of her prosthetic arm, I actually found that really entertaining. Um, I felt like they kind of counterbalanced each other in a way that Colleen and Danny never did. And it was so they have more chemistry than the people who are supposedly banging. Hey, oh. I ship it. <laughs> I'll, I'll ship that. That's fine. I don't know what's on that note. What the hell is going on with um, uh, Misty Knight's apparent crush on Ward? Was that a, is that a thing? Why is that happening? I, I fast forward it. I don't know. Honestly. Okay, she just has I, these weird it's... moments where she's like, "Oh yeah, he's it's Ward," and and Colleen like looks at her confused and says yeah why and she's like why don't you like him isn't he cute and she's like no why would you like him and it, it sort of continues and it's very strange I don't I don't understand it feels very forced maybe it's just I so that they don't really, have the thing that really interests me is which version of um this are they going with because in MC2 Misty actually marries Iron Fist so no, I am officially on board the Colleen Misty ship, so. <laughs> and I don't actually think it's any universe where Colleen and Misty are together. I know it's... they have Daughters of the Dragon and they also have Heroes for Hire. It they have a few. It better be in this one. I want that. That's a thing now. <laughs> they have better chemistry. I'm going to fight for that one. <laughs> eh, uh, I, uh, I, want, I want that one. I want that ship. I know I'm like the only one. Comment if you want that ship, please join me. Yes, as before she sets sail. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be me and my my teeny tiny rowboat all alone. <sighs> or you headed towards the Titanic that is Iron Fist. Oh. Hey, if that's the only thing I can like drag out of the depths of hell from this series, then I'm gonna do it. No, we still have Walker. Okay, fine. But okay. Walker's already out of the depths of hell from this series. <laughs> She already made her escape. I have to pull something else out with it. I feel like they would probably do Walker and Joy before they did Misty and <laughs> Colleen. That would be a very interesting pairing. That would be. Oh. Doo -doo 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 -doo. It's really interesting to me, though, that they aren't, like, there's no chemistry towards anybody Colleen. else. Yeah. Because, like I said, ultimately, Iron Fist is supposed to be with her. They fall in love. So. With, uh, with mm. Misty? Hmm. With Misty? Yeah, and like he yeah. thinks he's pre she thinks she's pregnant and everything. It's a whole big thing. Yeah, I don't I don't see that at all in this one. Hmm. Like, and that's what breaks their relationship, but like, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so the only episode that, if that's, is that the last you want to cover? Yep. Okay, so the only episode 
even just like in spades that we should probably address is um, the final one. And that's only because at this point, all of the Iron Fists have been returned to various proper places and everybody has one, blah, blah, blah. Except Davos. Davos Except doesn't Davos. have one. He better get another one. I'm telling you, I want him to just one day be like meditating and then his fist blow when he breaks out of jail. You know what? That's probably going to happen because that is both something that they would do and um, and kind of tropey. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> so that would, that would fit within their writing. Um I want so we have um we have Colleen who we see at the end uh using her iron fist and channeling through her sword, her katana, which is Japanese, not Chinese. And then we see Danny later as well using two pistols to channel his iron fist, which he magically has without any explanation, assuming we're getting that in the next one. Um to channel it through the bullet or to channel it through the bullets and to shoot a bullet out of the air before it can hit him. And I know you wanted to address that, so absolutely fire away. Yeah, the bullet thing was stupid. I hated it. I hated them. I hated Danny. Also, side note, it makes sense for Colleen, simply because it's the sword is connected to her. I will, I will go with you on that. Once the bullets leave that gun, they should have stopped going. And how did the bullets suddenly know to target the other bullet? What? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I hated that. That was some Matrix knockoff bullshit that I absolutely was against. From the moment the moment the bullets glowed, I was like, no. No. I, However, I liked Colleen's sword. That has been something she's been connected to, as you were saying, for the last two seasons. That is an established connection. I understand that one. Well, no. Even if it's not. Even if we're saying that as long as something is in your fist, it is an extension of your iron fist. That makes sense. Once those bullets leave that gun, it's over. Sorry, I'm having this mental image of someone with really stupidly long nails using those as a weapon with an iron fist. So. Oh, that is a hero. So. <laughs> oh, well, all right then. That's a thing. I'm... Yeah. Is that in Iron Fist or what? Um, I don't think so. Okay. There's well, also my... the um long hair hero. Hmm. I like that. I relate to that on a spiritual level. <laughs> well, that show got canceled, so. Darn it. <laughs> Catch Come the Inhumans. <laughs> uh... They they also cut her hair off in the first episode, so. Well, that's that sucks. She was a great hero in the comics, not in the series. They all sucked in the series, which is why I got canceled. Well, that's why you need better writers. Um, so was that the last you wanted to cover on the finale? Yeah, that was the only thing I cared about in the finale. Yeah, that was the only thing I cared about too. Um, <laughs> anything else you wanted to cover? Um, they all need therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should be better people. Um, this show was basically a living hell. Only do this if you want to torture yourself or others. Yep. And uh, I, you know, I lost interest in the first. I'm going back to the pacing. I have to. Um, why? <laughs> why would you make the first over half of your series of your season absolutely paint dryingly dull? Why would you do that? And then expect people to actually watch through the end? Well, technically, people did watch through the end. So <laughs> only in like the most technical sense, I assume. I don't know. 
let us know if you enjoyed it and we're being overly harsh. We'll disagree with you, but let us know what you think. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Nope. Okay, so this has been another episode of Geeks in the Machine. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a comment or find us uh, or find our other podcasts on the website. You can reach us at Real Opie Tweets. You can reach me at Opie Addy. And you can reach Jasmine at Opie Jasmine. Bye. Bye.